Hi guys and welcome back to the Fill Your Boots podcast. Today I'm joined by Chloe Pickford, she's an IFBB Pro wellness competitor and coach. It is lovely to have you on the show, how are you? I'm good thank you Julie, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. We've already had a good chat, really, before the podcast, and she started talking about all the things I was going to ask, so I was like, wait, let's just hit record and go. (laughs) Yeah, so do you want to introduce yourself and obviously give people a brief overview of what the wellness category is? I appreciate there's some people listening that are probably, like, not sure about it, so... Of course, yeah, so I am a wellness competitor. I just got my pro card last year. Um, at the Arnold's and congratulations also, by the way <laughs> and I'm also an online coach um, so I coach girls well men and women actually um, but a lot of my clients are aspiring wellness girls so that is the kind of direction that I am moving in um, awesome. with the wellness category if any of you have like looked at categories before um, the wellness class is basically the class up from bikini and the look that we wellness girls need to um, obtain is a basically a lower, a dominant lower body, okay? So girls with big legs, big glutes, um, not too muscular on the upper body, so not like a bigger athlete where you know, they are quite muscular, but it's basically girls who have got a really wham, big lower body. <laughs> don't, fit, don't fit into bikini because they're too big and they don't have a big enough upper body for figure. <laughs> that is you for those of you that haven't seen what Chloe looks like she's got worm legs <laughs> you do a very good job of it <laughs> um awesome yeah that's really cool um I know a lot of girls that are in that that sort of boat actually where they'll, they'll try and do bikini and then get told that they've got too much muscle on their legs and then where do they sit and that's gladly why they've introduced that wellness category because it's quite new isn't it yeah it's new especially in the UK as well um, mm. When it came out, because I was a figure athlete before it came out, and I was like, oh, I really, really want to do it. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of the direction I went into when it was kind of quite popular in the UK. Yeah. What's the difference between wellness and figure? Figure girls have bigger upper bodies, right? Yeah, so figure girls, you want more of a balanced physique. So you want um, an upper body that is matching the legs. So you don't want to have, you know, either too much bigger upper body compared to the legs, vice versa. Um, Bigger girls, if you compare a wellness girl to a bigger girl, you will see a big difference first of all in their size, but also the conditioning when they come to stage. So bigger girls are really, really peeled. Whereas when you jump on stage as a wellness girl, trust me, you are really peeled, but they don't want to see the feathering through the glutes, you know, the really, really cut quads, you know, you still need that fullness in your lower. It's actually a really hard look to kind of get right because you need to be mm. lean, but you can't be bigger lean, you know. So it's actually a really, really hard um, task, I think. Like, I can well, imagine. Yeah, that must be really difficult. Yeah, it is, especially when you come to come stepping on stage and trying to like keep that fullness, but also be lean enough. Yeah, um, and have, no, have no fat on your glutes, but then not be able to have like any feathering. It's really, really hard. <laughs> yeah, God, I don't even know how you try and do that. <laughs> so tough. So, um. I'd really like to start off with how you found yourself in the bodybuilding world. Obviously, it's, it's, it's to some people that don't know much about it, it seems like a very rogue route to go down when I think about it as well. Like, obviously, I, I competed, but n- not on the same level as you. But like, when I did it, it's still really weird when you think about it, like painting yourself mahogany, putting on a sparkly bikini and going and flaunting your stuff on stage. Um, so how did you end up doing that? 
So I have always been in competitive sports, um, always mm. done sports at a young age. And, you know, I was, you know, competing in horse riding as well, quite seriously, um, athletics as well. So I've just always had that like competitive streak in me and I've always just been into that kind of side. Um, I went to university and that's when I kind of started weight training with um, the hockey team. We mm. started doing like, conditioning sessions and I was actually really strong. Um, so my love for weight training was kind of like came about at university and then I left uni and then I was like, what do I want to do? So I started uh, becoming a PT. So I did a PT qualification and then started uh, my own business. And when I was PTing at a studio, um, one of the guys there was, um, a, well, still competes now actually to this day. And he said to me, Chloe, like, I think you'd be really good at bodybuilding. I was like, mm, mm. no, like I'm not going <laughs> on stage and like, it. like I don't even have any idea so he said look you've got the genetics I can see it like you've got the muscle like you just you train really well so he literally took me to meet his coach and the rest is actually history um mm. you know the next thing I you know met this coach in in March 2016 hadn't really properly weight trained hadn't been doing a proper split and then I was actually on stage in September so wow. I had such a short period of actually properly training um, and I transformed my physique um, in such a short space of time. Did mm. really well in my first year, and that's kind of when the fire was really lit. And I was like, I actually quite like this. This suits me because yeah. um, I quite like pushing myself to dark places. I just I get a kick out of it. I just love challenging myself. Like that's just I don't know. I love that side of it. But I also love training. You know, for me, training I just really enjoy lifting weights. Mm. So competing is a byproduct of me loving training. Um, yeah. So yeah. An interesting tangent to go off on there, but I'm thinking, for me personally, when I when I did a prep, obviously you're so depleted, you feel awful, don't you? That dark place that you're in that you're talking about. Um, do do you find that your love for training kind of changes ever so slightly when you do prep? Because inevitably, like you'll lose strength towards the end, things will start to feel a lot harder than they were at the beginning. Did you find that that ever has an effect on how much you love training? Um, yes and no, like obviously seeing your strength go down is like demoralizing, but then training and seeing like veins popping out and getting leaner, mm. pretty cool. So for me, I kind of just accept that strength is going to go, but I'm looking sick in the gym, like I'm looking shredded, mm. you know, and it's not everyone's, you know, cup of tea, veins popping out. It's not really like <laughs> cup of tea, but it's cool. Do you know what I mean? Like it is a cool look. You're like, oh my God, I didn't realize I had veins like in my yeah. stomach, like literally like spider webs. It's so weird. So. <laughs> I think you, like initially it can be quite a difficult thing to swallow, but at the same time, like it's cool to yeah to be in the deep sides of prep and looking really, really lean. And that's <laughs> what makes you so good at it because you do love that. Whereas I hated it. So <laughs> can't relate. <laughs> this switch that I just, I'm just relentless. Like it doesn't really phase me and bother me. And that's kind of where, you know, if someone goes through a prep, they need to they need to love that side of it as well. Because if you don't yeah, love that side and you struggle with it, you're not going to enjoy the whole process. And it's hard. Like it is hard. And I always say it on my mm. Instagram, it's hard. Like people come and calls with me, and they're like, I want to compete, and I say, right, are you made? Like, are you made for this? I'm going to tell you exactly what prep and how it make you feel. Um, yeah. And sometimes you know, I say to people, I'm honest. And I'm like, I don't think you have the mentality to to prep. Is your relationship with food good? If it's not, then you should not prep. Yeah. Um, if your relationship with your body's not very good, body image, you should not prep. <laughs> you 
So um, I really care about people and that's always like health and mental health for me, Mm. like physical and mental health is so important to coach. So yeah. I really appreciate that that side of you that, you know, that's something that you hugely value as a coach. You were saying that before we jumped on this podcast, actually. Um, But people aren't always like that in the bodybuilding world. And there's a lot of coaches that aren't like that at all. Um, And I honestly respect it so much because it's really tough going into a prep and coming out of a prep. So you have to have that sort of strong foundation. Otherwise, you will literally just fall apart. Yeah, I've seen it happen so many times. Girls starting, you know, prep already got a binge eating disorder or anorexia, um, you know, or have have had eating disorders before, mm. and they don't have the support from the coach, and the coach doesn't actually understand it, doesn't understand the people how, doesn't really care. They just want trophies, and it's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got girls that are winning shows, but after that show, they are in an absolute shit state. Sorry mm-hmm. to swear on a podcast, but <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, so um, true. Yeah, it's important to, to address all of that. Mm. How do you find it personally coming out of a show? Are you in a in an accepting headspace of gaining body fat, eating more food? You know what? Um, this part, like this last reverse, so coming off stage, my whole prep last year and my whole reverse. Honestly, like I'm not going to say it's perfect and it was amazing. It was like really easy, but. Obviously, it had its challenges, but honestly, I've never experienced such an amazing post-show. Mm. Uh, no, no guilt around no cares about body weight going up. Like I'm what 15 kilos up from stage weight. Don't care. I literally don't care. I actually prefer being like this than being absolutely shredded to the bone because mm. I understand that it's not good for me, and I actually feel sexier like this. You know, mm. you know, I've got, it's cool to be lean. But losing, I mean, I didn't lose my cycle last um, prep, but in previous preps, I have. That's what cool. That's not healthy, you know, and it's not like it's just not an attainable look. So the previous years, then, like my first year, um, when I finished my prep, you could probably say that my coach wasn't the best coach. Uh, Left me post show, I gained ten kilos in a week, but like absolutely, I felt awful. Couldn't train, would go to the gym. Awful relationship with food. Then what do I do again? I went straight into prep in twenty seventeen. Went straight into prep in twenty eighteen. End in twenty eighteen. Yeah, great. British champion trophies, but I had an awful relationship with food. I was chewing my food, putting it in the bin, um, all of this stuff. And like, I'd already, my eating habits started to creep in when I first started to compete, but no one noticed it. I didn't mm. have a clue, like, it, you know, I did a bad thing. Um, and it got worse and worse and worse. End of 2018, an absolute shit show. Um, and that's why I stepped away from bodybuilding for like, what, three and a half years? Mm. Because I lost. Like I was burnt out mentally, physically, three years back to back, mentally tapped out, physically tapped out. And I was like, I'm not doing the sport anymore, I'm giving it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of like my whole experience. But now my relationship with food, like like I said, I don't know what guilt is around food. I have no idea how it feels because mm. I just don't care. Like I just feel so relaxed and yeah. just the best shape I've been in an off season. Mm. I'm just, I go for off-plan meals every week. I don't track my, like, I don't always follow a meal plan. I track my food. Um, I sometimes eat intuitively as well. I know some people would look down on me for being a pro, not ticking those boxes, but it's just how I am. And I'm authentically Chloe. And if I'm authentically Chloe and I'm happy, then I'm going to be the best athlete. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and honestly, I think it's like, 
it it takes a lot to find yourself in that mindset where you really genuinely have that complete freedom with food and I think you can only really get there once you've been through all that shit that you've been through and now that makes you a really really good coach for people to have who are in that space because you can 100% relate to it all yeah it's just so important you know like I want everyone like to you know anyone who comes to me on a concert form they've been binging post show or whatever I just say to them I really want you to like trust food again and like find that like self-confidence and self-love again when you aren't so lean um and I yeah. think stepping away from dieting and stage is the best thing anyone can do mm-hmm. like it's absolutely changed the game for me like honestly um yeah it was it was amazing so yeah because yeah. you hear a lot of people don't you who come into their off quote-unquote off-season bodies and they hate it it's like a temporary until they can get back to their leanness again and it's just not a healthy mindset to be in is it so you see on instagram like and i'll i'll notice behaviors on instagram now and like like red light kind of thing <laughs> yeah like, warning signs that person keeps saying oh they're really fluffy oh i'm fluffy but can't wait to get lean again and it's like mm. embrace that like you're fluffy like you're healthier you're probably mm-hmm. stronger in the gym you're probably living a better more balanced life like, yeah it, i well if you can live a really relaxed off season in terms of like when I say relaxed I don't mean eating whatever you know whatever you want when you want but if you can just have a good relationship with food and enjoy training you go into prep not burn out and prep will be so easy for you you won't have cravings in prep I don't even look at any food porn in prep you, mm. I, I was never on Instagram looking it didn't phase me because I had three years of like going out for food going on holiday tracking my food I was like cool I'm actually ready for a meal plan now because I'm like you know I'm, yeah. I'm fine with it um yeah. so yeah mm. I personally really like an off-season body as well like when people call themselves quote-unquote fluffy I think that's a better look like it's more in my opinion obviously this is hugely my opinion but like I think it's more feminine looking I like looking like that personally obviously I have huge respect for anyone who puts themselves through a prep to get lean and that's such a big achievement to be able to stand up on stage looking like that but I like that sort of quote-unquote off-season look, probably a little bit more. Yeah, so I think I lost you there a little bit, really. You paused oh, sorry. a tiny bit. Sorry. <laughs> I was basically just saying that I like an off-season body. I like a good... I like having glutes and boobs. Those two things completely disintegrated when, when I did a prep. Yeah. It is just... It's just a nicer look, I think, you know. Yeah. And, like, off-seasons, you don't need to get... You don't need to gain like you know, like kilos and kilos and get really mm. like like really get to point where you're really uncomfortable. But you know, typically you will see girls fifteen twenty kilos up from stage weight because mm. um, like, that's healthy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So this kind of brings me on to the next bit. Actually, I know that we all have really big learning curves throughout our journeys. I know I certainly have made plenty of mistakes over the years. What would you say have been the biggest lessons for you? I actually wrote this down on my phone. I've got quite some notes <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's two things I've just mentioned, but I mentioned one of them, um, just consistently dieting, consistently prepping. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that for me doing it for three years, I would never do that again, just yeah. because there's a lot of my mind and my body. So that was definitely a huge learning curve and like how it left me so burnt out and hating the sport 
and yeah. like just if anybody didn't know who I really was anymore because I was just all I knew myself was this girl that preps you know what I mean mm-hmm. I missed out on so many holidays um so that's that side and then I think secondly um choosing like the right coach for you I've I have worked with how many coaches have I work with now four coaches since I've been competing mm-hmm. um I would say throughout the four fantastic but my first coach um just didn't like didn't give me the correct guidance pro show didn't make me aware of like how I might feel like you know what I mean I was just a bit lost so I think for me I've learned you know make sure you choose a coach that understands a lot about female health and actually really 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 cares about yeah no I couldn't agree more is that it can be a very dangerous place to leave someone post show if they don't have the right support around them yeah exactly yeah interesting so genuine question obviously you've been adamant all the way along the way that you're going to get your IFBB pro card that's insane by the way like incredibly massive achievement did you ever question whether it's worth it or maybe like thought about giving up at any point yeah so to be honest I actually only decided I wanted to get my pro card I think it was like where are we now 23 2021 um that I'd like my coach had just put the feelers out there and I was like I don't really know and I said to like I said to myself actually even if I get my pro card I probably won't ever compete as a pro Mm. um just because it's just a massive jump from amateur to, to pro um and I was just like I'm not really sure like I want to live that life I don't I'm not really sure but that has changed since I got my pro mm. card um I have like you know there have been points recently where I'm like mm, god I have so much growing to do you know I'm not at that level yet because the jump from amateur to the pro league is so huge and I thought Mm. Am I good enough? I've had self doubt, but I think I just I love a challenge, and I think I know I now know my potential. I do need to make improvements, but I've realised my potential, mm. and you know that's kind of my goal now is to be in the pro league and one day be on the Olympic stage. Big bold statement, but that's my goal now. No, we're, we're manifesting it. That's what we do. <laughs> so. <laughs> What is it like being pro? Uh, like, what's the difference between, you know, pro competitor, pro competition compared to an amateur one? So I haven't actually obviously competed as a pro yet, but mm. first of all, the level of athletes is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, you're competing with people all over the world. So most of the pro shows are all overseas, in America, in Europe, you know. Mm. Um, so you've got that element all traveling involved and just the you know the standard of athlete is so much higher yeah um and i guess the whole thing as well i mean i have competed like i said but it's more serious you know yeah. um a lot of the shows in the uk can be fun like for example the pca fantastic federation mm. and it's just quite good fun isn't it for, for the athletes mm. and stuff but even like on the tube row stage you know you think, oh, this feels like when I first stepped to the tube race stage in September for my region, I was like, oh, this feels a bit more serious than what I'm used to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess, you know, the, the jump into competitors of pro, it's going to be, you know, big, big stages, loads of people watching, mm. more expensive to compete <laughs> for sure. Oh God, yeah, um, yeah. And just, yeah. And just like a high level of athlete, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, being a pro, it's, it's cool. 
it does feel like I've got my profile just up there next to me and I'm like looking at it sometimes and like hello <laughs> that actually happened yeah it, it does feel cool um but you sometimes feel quite a lot of pressure like I have felt quite a lot of pressure from social media as well you know mm. um when you're next step on stage like you're gonna win I'm like no 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 please like just leave me to it like mm-hmm. you know support me and everything but don't be expecting these big big things from me um and I'm not gonna rush it either but you also get this sense of like sometimes you're like oh I'm a pro now should I be doing this should I not be doing that yeah. you know like going out to a festival or going out with your friends and stuff and I'm actually like no just because I'm a pro and it's not going to change anything in my life I'm still going to be Chloe I'm not going to suddenly switch and change into a different person yeah um so yeah obviously you've got to step up a little bit it you mm. know it, it's it's a whole new level um of competition but yeah yeah I think I guess I have to start pressure sometimes mm. I have two questions off the back of that, I think. <laughs> One of them is, I don't know if we can talk about this, but drugs, does that happen a lot more in the pro league? Yeah, so this is a huge, huge topic and a topic that a lot of like females don't like to talk about and they're not even like knowledge, you know, they don't have much knowledge around and um, mm. there's a lot of reckless use or even on the amateur, you know, shows. It's oh ridiculous. yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like the consultation calls I've had recently, and the girls haven't got been taking. I'm like, okay, really? let's just let's just go back to what you just said. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like when you step into the pro league, like I'm not going to be able to step on that stage, you know, and think to myself, okay, all these girls are natural. They're not going to be natural. None of them are going to be natural. I'll be very very surprised. So. That is beside the sport that I'm an athlete. I'm, I'm really like I take very very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a natural athlete. I'm assisted, but my usage within the PD realm is very minimal. Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't used stuff in off seasons. You've only introduced stuff like back ends of prep, um, mm-hmm. and that's why all my feedback has been you're feminine, you're fresh. You know, and I don't think I you know that kind of side to it does scare me it really mm. really does and that's why I take it really seriously and I'm not reckless I focus on my training and getting my food in before that even comes into my mind yeah um, so yeah there is more usage of that in the sport unfortunately which is sad sometimes to see what girls end up mm. looking like you know oh god yeah my I have my opinions on you know PEDs and that sort of thing I'll one I'm fine with it if one you're honest about it which you are which I love and number two like at that level I appreciate you have no choice if you're going to compete at that level like every single person is doing it what I personally don't like is just like your average joe in the gym on steroids for like no apparent reason (laughs) other than to like look good on a night out then that's kind of like oh are you sure um like I've never taken it but i I've never taken anything, but I fully appreciate why, you know, someone in your position would. And I, I appreciate the honesty, to be honest, because a lot of people aren't honest at all. Yeah. I think as females as well, you get that, like the fear of being judged. And I think some people look at me and they go, oh, her physique's like that because she's not natural. And you don't appreciate way, the work really, that you've put like, in. Yeah. Like I, obviously has helped me in my prep. Like I said, I've never used it in off seasons. You know, my whole three and a half years away from bodybuilding was food and training. 
Yeah. Um, you know, most of my prep up until the last week of my regional, so my peak week, mm. um, apart from using fat burning substances and thyroid medication to keep my thyroid in check, mm-hmm. um, there was no assistance in terms of like anabolic usage in there up until those points. And when we did add it in, it was very, very minimal. Yeah. Um, I actually started my prep and Callum, I don't want to touch anything. Like I don't want to mm. go near anything. That's not what I'm doing. And I, I kind of got to the point where my I was losing a lot of muscle because when you diet to those extremes, you lose, yeah. I was losing muscle. I was looking so. We were filling me up with carbs, and I was just getting flatter. And I was like, oh my god, what's mm. happening to my physique? And it was a conversation I had to have with him, and. It kind of did make me feel a bit funny, but I kind of knew that it, it was needed if I wanted to win my pro card. Yeah. Um, but again, like, you know, I'm not thinking now, oh my God, when am I next doing something? You know, now I'm thinking, right, no, I'm focusing on my training and my food. Um, yeah, you know, absolutely. Compared to, yeah, compared to most people that have competed, I have used very, very little. Mm. Um, and I like that about myself. It's kept me fresh. Um, you know, and but again, people will say, "Oh, she looks like that." Taken whatever, and mm. they'll really judge me. They can do what they can they say what they want. Um, but <laughs> I guess I that that's just the world of social media, isn't it? Yeah, I was gonna say like you only you will know how much work you've put in on top of that. Like being assisted can only do so much. It can. The rest of it comes down to what you do. Yeah, there's girls, um, bikini girls that are doing ridiculous cycles. They don't even, mm. They're nowhere near as big as me. They yeah. don't even look, some of them don't even look massively impressive, which is the sad thing. They're on assistance and they still don't look, you know, they're not winning pro cards. They're not mm. going into pro league and smashing it. And that's kind of like, well, what's the point? Like, yeah. if it's not, you know. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, my other question actually with the... Um, pro leagues oh I suppose you don't really know the answer yet but <laughs> when you do a pro show you can let me know um I just wondered like I don't know if you've ever been backstage on any of them but like is the vibe any different because you know it's arguably more serious for one but I just wonder like what the backstage essence is <laughs> well I think from what I've seen Philly it's again it's like bigger backstage mm. more serious you know I I mean, I haven't, like I said, I haven't, I haven't no, been there, yeah. so I don't know, but from what I've seen on YouTube or whatever, um, it is a different vibe, I think. People, mm. people aren't there for fun, are they? They're there to yeah. really do well, and I think it changes everything. Like, if you yeah. go backstage at, like, a PCA show, for example, you've got girls, like, all giggling and having fun, which I absolutely love. I think it's so good, but I don't think you would have that no. in the pro league necessarily. <laughs> This is what I was wondering because, oh, it's funny, when I did a show, there's very distinct categories of girls backstage. There was the ones that were up for having a laugh and just being like, yeah, we've made it this far, let's just have fun. And then there was those that were clearly like, we take this seriously. Like they were fully like staring you out. Like <laughs> it was really mixed. <laughs> exactly. I can imagine. Funny, it. isn't it? <laughs> mm, yeah, well, obviously, it gets so much more serious at, at pro level. I just, I'm just curious what it's like back there, but you'll have to let me know when you can be. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, So I guess we've covered this one quite a lot in uh, like sort of here and there throughout this anyway, but 
What are the biggest issues that you see in bodybuilding, both personally and both from a coaching perspective as well? Um, I've got a list here to go through. I love your list. <laughs> She's so prepared. So, um, as mentioned before, people competing to hide their um, eating disorders or body mm-hmm. image issues, doing it for wrong reasons or doing it for a form of control to like cover it up. I haven't got an eating disorder. I'm prepping so no one noticed this. I'm yeah. getting lean, I'm getting shredded, I'm getting really sick, no one noticed this. And that's what I have seen a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, people can the wrong reasons so competing for the clout competing for Instagram followers competing for likes um, that's not gonna that's not gonna get you through a prep or out of a prep that's gonna keep you up mm-hmm. um, you know when I started competing I actually Instagram wasn't a huge thing in 2016 mm-hmm. um, I think you just posted pictures with things <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and it wasn't really like that big and I didn't you know it Instagram wasn't driving me to, to step on stage, whereas I think mm. a lot of girls now, they that's their driver. It is Instagram, social media, for people to tell them how amazing they are, you know, external validation, all that stuff. Um, mm. So I think that's that's a huge, huge problem. Um, and again, if you want to compete, find you know, find your why. You know, yeah. Yeah. you've got to find your why. It has to be clear to you. It can't just be about getting lean, you know. Mm, I've Um, had people say to me before like have you ever thought about how you're going to compete again to grow your coaching business and I'm like well no because as a coach I think it's quite clear from my Instagram at this point that that's not what I value so I'd be getting all the wrong people that I want to coach as in like for my personal values of having that balance having you know more body fat potentially but still being strong like I value all those sorts of things so for me if I was to compete that wouldn't help that <laughs> you know no you got mm. to like your vibe is your vibe as they say and yeah. who you like what your values are you've got to obviously put across the social media and that's who you attract yeah and you can't have a mixed message absolutely not so, and that the second yeah, part um, that you said there is sorry i keep cutting you off here um i'm just gonna say this and then i'll stop talking <laughs> um the second part you said about knowing your why as well I cannot emphasize the importance of that um I distinctly remember I think I've said this in a previous podcast but there was one time between my qualifier and finals where I was sat on my bed on the phone to my mom about to order a pizza (laughs) like I'm over it I don't want to do this anymore and that's literally why because I was sat there thinking I don't know why I'm doing this anymore I actually didn't want to be at that point Um, I'd mentally prepared for doing my qualifier and I hadn't thought ahead like I hadn't thought about you know making finals and having to continue dieting for another six weeks and by that point I think I was so burnt out and so over it that I didn't have a why anymore which makes it impossible like impossible to carry on because it's so hard yeah like when you're so hungry and also, you're so fatigued and you've got an hour of stair masks to do and you look at the stair mm-hmm. mask and you think, oh my God, how am I going to get through this? Don't you have crystal clear in your mind. You cannot do it and you'll bottle out. You'll like, you know, not adhere to your diet. You'll like, you'll just want to give up. Whereas the people that know their why, they're just like, go, go, go. Absolutely. Even bullshit and go, go, go. Like, unstoppable, you know? Yeah. That mindset, just undeniable. So, mm. um, the other point I was going to make 
was uh, we touched upon it slightly is coaches not understanding female, female health and being reckless so mm-hmm. with stuff like PEDs and like that you know um they might see potential in someone which is you know normal to see and then they'll be like oh okay um you know let's put her on this and the girl doesn't understand what she's taking um yeah. and it, that can ruin lives you know coaches essentially we're in charge of people's lives and their health and mental well-being mm-hmm. a coach can absolutely turn someone's life around with a second mm-hmm. um you know for, for bad <laughs> so there are so many amazing coaches out there who really understand female health um you know inside out probably more than some females sometimes um but there are some coaches out there who just don't and i just don't think they should be coaching females if i'm honest mm. um you know it's i think it's wrong yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah, there's a lot of coaches that I don't think should be coaching. Full stop. But here we are. <laughs> now, I said on my story the other day. You know, I said coaching needs to be governed. Like I think so. You know, I'm I'm sat here. Yeah, I've got my university degree in sports science. I did my PT course, and I'm not saying everyone needs to do that because I know like some coaches, for example, like Josh Bridgman. He doesn't have um, a PT qualification, I don't think. Um, he went to uni and stuff, but he's obviously an online coach. He's a really good online coach, but mm-hmm. he's like invested in education. He's done seminars, you know, and that's all you need to do is actually care. Don't mm-hmm. be lazy. Invest your money into learning. Get yourself a coach, a good coach, and yeah. you know, you'll then be a really good coach. Anyone who's jumped into coaching. This is exactly a conversation I I had the other day. Um, Somebody messaged me on Instagram saying, I really want to start online coaching. Do you have any advice for me? Bless like honestly, full respect for him, like asking the question. And I just said, the main bit of advice I have for you is to invest in your education. Like that is where so many coaches don't have that like that's what's going to set you apart from everyone else that make you a really really good coach and when I say invest in your education I don't necessarily mean investing in a business coach who's going to teach you how to like not not there's anything wrong with that but first and foremost like you don't necessarily just need bravado and marketing like I mean invest in your actual knowledge so that you can coach not just sell yourself yeah I agree that so much because you'll see a lot of the time as well girls or guys will compete and then they'll be like oh I'm going to become a coach now mm-hmm. and it's like mm, it doesn't really work like that just because you're a good competitor it does not make you a good coach no um, couldn't agree doesn't. more so investing in education is so important you are in charge of people's lives mental well-being if you get it wrong you can mess someone up like if you say to a girl for example you know I don't know say something that like makes her question her relationship with food that then can ruin her relationship with food and that can then cause an eating disorder, which yeah. then can ruin lives. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's just, you've got to be so careful. Like you've got to be careful how you talk to people, um, know how to talk to people, know how to approach certain situations. And that all comes from you being coached yourself as well. Mm. Um, and also I think being a personal trainer and actually working with people on the gym floor really does develop you as a coach because you work with such an array of people as a PT, don't you? Yeah. Like different walks of life, different goals, different ages. And mm. I think you really develop as a coach by actually working on the gym floor as well. So if you can do that, I mm-hmm. highly advise you do that. 
Yeah, definitely. Having that and having, you know, investing in courses and education, get something under your belt rather than just be, as you say, like none of it's governed. You can become an online coach without even getting a PT qualification. You can literally have nothing and just, you know, present yourself on social media with a lot of bravado and there you go, you're off. It's terrifying. It's it is so scary. Mm. So yeah, I think that's kind of my um the issues that I see in the sport. Um yeah, I think just people's mental health being really unstable yeah. within the competing world. Mm. Um, you know, there's something I'm really hot on is mental health. I've I've got my you know, I've had my therapist. I'm actually um James Elliott, who is my therapist, is actually coming into my coaching as a psychotherapist. I'm adding Amazing. him into what my coach, you know, is my brand. So he's um, working with me and my clients and so that's going to really change the game because I want people, because obviously as a coach, like I know a lot about like mental health, but I'm not actually allowed to um, cure someone or like give them professional help because I'm not, um, that's not my expertise. You know, I haven't got, you know, a psychic, you know I'm not a psychotherapist um, or anything like that. So I can't do that and I'll be doing them a disservice. So I like to, if I think someone's got a bad relationship with food, I'll say, right, I'll support you. But here, let's you know get in contact with this person to actually help you properly, mm-hmm. like professional yeah. help. So that's why I brought them into my coaching because I want to have you know I want my clients to get incredible results, but for them to be absolutely perfect up here as well. Obviously, there's no such thing as perfect, but you know mm-hmm. in a really good mental state, and that's important for competitors as well. Before so important for competitors. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, so cool. So that actually brings me on to the next question. Like if you were to define like what your mission is when it comes to coaching, I know we've we've covered the concept throughout this podcast, but what would you say your main mission is? Again, I wrote this down. Just so I, can get it. <laughs> I, don't forget it. I think my mission is to empower girls um, and just create a tribe of strong, powerful girls, like wellness kind of girls who want to compete, who are successful, but mm. also strong in their minds with amazing relationships with their own bodies. Um, you know, to just have that whole, like, encompass that whole thing, like, be healthy, but compete, and then post-show to then be fine with putting on body fat and just being in really good mental state. Because, you know, as I've spoken about before, there's so many girls who can't love themselves being a healthy body weight they have to be lean all the time and mm. I want to show girls that it can be done in a healthy way and you don't have to hate your body and you can have an amazing relationship with food and you can have balance you can go on holiday you can go to festivals if you want to like I'm sat here as a pro now I do all of those things and that's never going to change mm. um you know and I still get results I still do well because you know I'm authentically myself so that's kind yeah. of how I actually love- my life <laughs> I love that message. I really do love that message. Um, I see a lot of people in the bodybuilding world and it's no no disrespect to them at all, but it's really easy, I think, to get caught up in the bodybuilding world. And like, you forget about everything else that you can do in your life. It's like, that's your main focus. And yeah. I appreciate that you have to be focused, but at the same time, you can miss out on so much. And I love the fact that you're doing that as well. Yeah, because, you know, the the two things I've worked with, I focus on a few things, rest and recovery and sleep, obviously, you know, making sure I'm not overtraining, um, getting good quality foods and, you know, fueling my body correctly and also training hard. If you train hard, you're going to get amazing results. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people don't 
actually love training. And again, if you love training, um, you know, you're going to get such better results because, you know, and, and also, you know, if you focus on that, that can be your new focus when you're pushing mm. body weight up and stuff. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think you, I think you need to, I don't think you have to be a robot to get results. And I know a lot of competitors, if they listen to this, will be like, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> but I'm, I don't personally well. I think you can live a balanced life and still, um, you know, get results. I've proven that by getting my pro card, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, you know, obviously there's probably going to be times when I have to rein a few things in, like obviously in my prep I go into robot mode, but it's just yeah. how I like to be as an athlete and a person. I'm really happy like this. You know, if I had to live a robotic life, if I had to follow a meal plan every day and had to live a robotic life and couldn't go and do things that, that I enjoy, then I would want to do this more. Yeah. I would say, do you know what? I'm actually out, I'm not happy. Like, why would I want to be unhappy? And I can seriously say if bodybuilding was taken away from me tomorrow, which I would hope it's not, but if it was, <laughs> I would be okay. I would be fine because I've got other things going on in my life. I've got other focuses, you yeah. know? So again, my identity is not bodybuilding. I love bodybuilding, but I'm not bodybuilding. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yeah, awesome. So last question for you. What's next for you? When's the pro show? <laughs> so I've just had my boobies done. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm actually currently off training probably like another three weeks coming now. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna assess at the end of the year how much or how much I've grown, how you know, how many improvements I've made. Um, and then potentially start my prep like probably like May June next year to okay. do later shows. Mm. Um but I'm gonna see like I don't do this as you know, I don't like rushing things, you know, I see it as a marathon, not sprint. Mm. Um, and I'll go on stage when I'm ready, and it's fine if I'm not ready next year. Cool, I'll you know I'll just focus on business again, focus on growing. So I think I think well I know Callum wants me to compete next year. <laughs> I know he does, but kind of not his decision. It's my decision, and I will know by the end of the year if I feel like I want to do it again. You know, yeah. not not do it again, but step on stage next year because it's a big jump, huge yeah. huge commitment, very expensive, traveling everywhere. Um, and I've got to feel ready. I don't want to go on stage and people just go, oh, God, she shouldn't be on stage. Yeah. You know, I want to go and be a, be a contender. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not saying I'll be top three or top five, whatever, but I don't want to be, like, last call-outs and coming last. I just don't want that. Um, yeah. I want to be, like, wow, she's improvements. Look at Chloe. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I'll be following along on your Instagram, making sure you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. thanks so much really but yeah thank you for having me on today yeah no thank you so much for coming we'll have to get another um episode in maybe when you're like deep in prep and we can like (laughs) we can talk about how you're getting on yeah definitely and if anyone listening to this like has any questions about bodybuilding or whatever you know go onto my instagram um i just want to confirm my name because yeah i was gonna say i'll link it below (laughs) in in the caption so yeah it'll be there for you i'm just you know messaging whatever and i'll get back to you um with my tips or answers cool awesome brilliant right well thanks for listening to the podcast guys as i say i will link everything below so you'll have all the details and yeah chloe i'll speak to you soon thank you so much billy i'll speak to you soon bye (laughs) bye